Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Last time we talked about growing something besides old, and we talked about that a mature person doesn't get distracted from the goal. She keeps going. She keeps her head up with her eyes on the goal. And our goal, do you remember, is from Ephesians 4. God wants us to grow up like Christ in everything. Our growth into something besides old is a partnership. The first one, we talked about that our growth is a process. But it's also partnership. And as believers, we have the best partner, God himself. Can we grow into and become God's idea of a strong, mature woman in our own strength? Of course not. That's what I love about this whole process. God has high and purpose-filled expectations, but he knows we can't do it by ourselves. He knows we are weak and frail and given to fits of petulance and self-pity and pride, the three ugly P's. And if I keep talking about them, we'll need to put Prozac in the punch. That's why we need God for our maturing process. And the older and wiser woman realizes that truth sooner rather than later. There's so much talk these days about the strength of a woman and totally, I totally adhere to that fact. Women are strong by virtue of the fact that we can bear babies or that we can hold a job just as important as a man. But it's the mature woman who realizes how desperate we are for God. Here's another description of growing up. The more mature the believer, the more dependent, dependent on God. She recognizes sooner rather than later just how much she needs him. This looks a little different from the way we raise our kids. We raise them to become more independent of us. God is raising us to become more and more dependent on him. We raise our children to do things on their own, tie their shoes, brush their teeth. I recall this great scene of my sister-in-law, Anne, on her hands and knees, sitting across her young son's body, holding him down, pinning him down, not knowing that later he would become... Um, a decorated wrestler, (laughs) but at the time she was holding him down and cheerfully brushing his teeth. I didn't have kids at the time and I thought it quite comical. He ended up at the Naval Academy, so I guess he turned out all right and with great, great teeth, by the way. He needed his mom to get things right then, but eventually he learned to do it all on his own. At the same time, we raise our kids to become less dependent on us. We need to raise them to become more dependent on God and they learn it best by watching us depend on God alone. When we first get saved, we recognize our need for God. It's the gospel. We can't go to heaven without him. We can't have forgiveness without him. We can't relate spiritually with him without him. It is a no-brainer. But then I find that I begin to act brainless. I try to live our Christian life without him. I try to do it alone. I fail miserably, and then I wonder why. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 expresses our holy partnership so well. Therefore, my dear friends, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. At first read, it sounds contradictory. We are to work on things. We are to work on things. But it is God who works in us. 
That's the partnership in growing up. It's a holy alliance. It's a mystery. Working on our salvation means that we continue to work on looking more and more like who we are, children of God. We act more and more like what we say we believe. The New Living Translation puts it this way, be even more careful to put into action God's saving work in your lives, obeying with deep reverence and fear. Our whole lives, the sight of heaven is a working towards a perfect congruence between what we believe in our hearts and how we act in our lives. That congruence takes effort. It takes desire. It takes a passion for holiness, and it takes obedience to his word. Thankfully, verse 12 is followed immediately by verse 13, where we lack in desire, in passion, in action, and in obedience, God makes up for in giving us the very will to obey and the power to look like his children. That's a partnership. And without it, there's no growth. We partner with the Holy Spirit and with other believers. Let me ask you today, how will you go about finding a friend or two to iron with? Someone who helps keep your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend irons another. Now, I don't like to iron, but I like the results of ironing. I took something back to TJ Maxx the other day just for the fact that I would have to iron it. I don't like ironing. But I like it when I finally stand up and do some ironing because it looks so much nicer. It's difficult nowadays to get together with others for the sake of our spiritual growth, but we can do it. It may be a hard thing for you to do because you don't want to make yourself vulnerable. But the results are totally worth it, even in COVID, maybe especially in COVID. Let me ask you, how in the world can you make meeting together a priority? Someone near and dear to me had decided to read a devotional book on a regular basis, and I would do the same thing alongside of her. Well, not literally alongside of her, but at home. And she would do it on her time. And when I asked what chapter, hey, what chapter are you on? She said rather sheepishly, well, I've read the first few pages. I was forgiving, of course. God is forgiving of me. But I told her, if you want to grow up, you need to put effort into it. I was doing just a little bit of ironing, hopefully with some sprinkling of lavender water along the way. I'm not sure she appreciated it at the time. This verse says, do this with fear and trembling. We need to be serious about it. There's nothing lightweight about becoming like Christ. We cannot be cavalier about becoming like Jesus. Growing is a partnership between our desire. How much do I really want to be like Jesus? And God's power. Oh, Lord, I need you for every step of the way. Becoming holy is something we do, but thank God we are not left to do it on our own. We're in a partnership. And the more mature Christian leans harder on her partner. I love what Anne Lamott said. I do not understand at all the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. That's growth. The more we mature in Christ, the deeper our realization of our need of him. It's impossible for us to measure the how much of it is God and how much of it is us part. At least that's hard for me. Maybe the issue isn't how it works so much as that it does work when we surrender our lives daily to his leading. 
I'm going to say that one more time. Maybe the issue isn't how it works, how much of it is God and how much of it is us. So much as that it does work when we surrender our lives daily to his leading. Dependence on God goes without saying, yet the more we say it, perhaps the more we'll do it. For me, for sure. The key to growth is sold out dependence on God. Oswald Chambers calls that becoming abandoned to God. I read in uh, Jesus Calling on February 22nd, You need me every moment. Your awareness of your constant need for me is your greatest strength. Oh my goodness, I need to staple that on my forehead or stencil it on my ceiling of my bedroom. So that's the first thing I read before I get out of bed in the morning. You need me every moment, Jesus says. Your awareness of your constant need for me is your greatest strength. You want to be a strong woman? Be aware of your constant need for Christ. This gives us permission to be weak. In fact, our weakness is our strong suit. Right now, I want you to take a moment and list your weaknesses, your, maybe your top four, your top two in your mind or on a piece of paper. Hold on, you might say. Aren't you supposed to be encouraging me right now, Sue Donaldson? Well, yes, I am. But I must say that the more cognizant I am of my weaknesses, the more readily I crawl up into God's lap where I find his great strength. I'm going to be quiet for just a couple seconds. Think about your weaknesses, your top two, three, or four. Now thank God for them. A verse that goes along with that thought is from Paul, who didn't strike me as a weak person. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Let's see, that was five he listed. You only had to list four. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Pray this prayer with me. Lord, I'm desperate for you. Give me all I need to follow you. I need a greater passion for you and complete reliance on you. May I be a worthy partner in becoming more like your son. Thank you and amen. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.